Gridiron Grinder, Hut Hut Hike. All right, party people, it's Gridiron Grinder time. I'm Ryan. With me, as always, is my buddy James. Just a couple of dudes hanging out, talking about what's going on in the NFL each week. This is episode 161 of Gridiron Grinder. And for tonight, we're going to kick things off with Name That Stadium. After that, we're going to cover the news from this past week. Uh, then we're going to give you our week five power rankings and game picks. And last but not least, we'll close things off with our question of the week. And so, yeah, man, with all that being said, how's it going tonight there, James? It's going good. How's it going with you? Uh, pretty good, man. Pretty good. Getting a little, you know, midweek action here again. It's, um, you know, we've been flexible with the schedule. I appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, nice to get a jump on it, man. Yeah. I'll get to talk about Thursday night before, before Thursday night, even though the game this week sucks on Thursday. Oh, yeah. Well, you know. I still don't have prime. And so it's, um, it means nothing to me, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I have prime and I will not be even bothering with it tomorrow. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, all right. Well, Hey man, why don't you take that ball and run with it? Do some name that stadium for us. All right. This is part of the show where, as you can see, I'm traveling around going to different stadiums that host NFL games. First person to guess it right. Gets an extra special shout out. Uh, bookmark it. You can watch it over and over with your friends. Show them how smart you are. Um, you know, hell, somebody guesses and gets it wrong. We'll give you a shout out for fucking participating. Come on, people. We haven't had any takers in all. It's been a minute. Uh, but last week we did it on Wednesday, so I was able to go to the Lambo for the Thursday night game with the uh, Lions at Green Bay, and so yeah, and. Just guess where I am this week. It's, it should be an obvious one if you know NFL stadiums or stadiums that host NFL games. Emphasis yeah. on host NFL games. Yeah, a little teaser there, little uh, little hint for you. Okay. Well, yeah, hey, we didn't get any takers last week. Maybe we will this week. But uh, thankfully, we did get a taker uh, on the comments asking us a question. And so we're going to save that for a question of the week later on in the show. But, uh, why don't we move over and do our recap of the past week here, James. And so, um, let's see, you, we've been, we've been saving the surprise games of the week for the end, right? Yeah. The end of the There's news. There's not that much, not all that much real news this week from what I saw. Okay. Well, all so, right. Yeah. So I guess, I'll save a couple of them since they relate to the games. I'll save those for the end when we do our surprise games. But, um, yeah, and so, listen, we had a slew of injuries, just like we've been having every week. So Matthew Judon, the edge rusher for the Patriots, uh, he tore his biceps. He's going to be out for two months. Mm -hmm. Jamal Adams, safety for Seattle, he left early in that game with a concussion. Um, and you know, a lot of people making this a big deal because he got knocked out last year in week one and, you know, he was a, a, a big high priced safety that he just hasn't been on the field much nowadays. And, uh, and then I think even with that one, he was on the, not on the sidelines, maybe it was in the tunnel, uh, yelling at the, um, like the medical staff trying to stay on the field, but they wouldn't clear him because he was in the concussion protocol. And I, I don't know, I, I did hear something just a minute before the show that he has apologized for that behavior, but I don't know a whole lot about it. So, yeah. Uh, so, so like 
apparently the NFL is mulling disciplinary action towards him. But when he he went into the medical tent and when he came out, he was he was yelling at one of the um, cons- neurotrauma independent neurotrauma consultants while being held back by the athletic trainer and two members of security staff. Okay. Yeah, that's so it was good. right on the sideline, right in public view, and then he did apologize. He I uh, took to uh, what's this Twitter said you know first and foremost I want to apologize to the to the OG. You did everything right when you realized I was concussed. I apologize for any negative energy. Thankful for your patience, knowing I wasn't myself in that moment. You're you're a real one, and you serve a great purpose that benefits the NFL and so many players. Prioritizing players' health is essential. Much respect to you. So yeah, he's taking accountability for it. I think, I honestly think, honest, if the the NFL would be well within their rights to to discipline him, and I think they should. And the reason why I think they should discipline him is because if they don't, the message is going to be, well, I can I can blow up at him and then apologize later and be fine. Because with discipline, one of the things, if a player fights dis- discipline, they look at previous similar conduct and the discipline for that. And no, I, I got so, you. Yeah. But I guess let me ask you, because normally I'm, I'm okay with a lot of the discipline because I, I think, I think some players take things to an extreme where the league has to step in. And, and I, I usually get upset when I see the NFLPA sort of like blindly defend some of these players, if you will. But I guess in this one, man, I'm just wondering because it's a concussion like, can you make the case that he legitimately is just not all there mentally in that? And so it's like he's not his normal self. And so, you know, it's like it's almost like you're holding something against him that's not his fault because he was hurt in the game. And that's why he's now behaving that way. You know, I don't know. It, it may be a slippery slope there, but I, I hear it what you're saying. A, man. It can it can be a slippery slope, but then then you have then then you could bring that defense into almost anything that happens in the oh, game. Oh, I got angry because I broke my leg. Well, yeah, but that's yeah, not I a got, brain thing. A concussion's right. brain related. No, but like, but like, like for for instance, um, punching an official. Oh, I I must have had a head injury at the time. I wasn't myself. Oh yeah, you could you could come back and be like, oh. Yeah. Well, somewhere the in the fact, game, I must have been concussed, and they just exactly. didn't notice it. <laughs> it's, exactly. Oh, and, Antonio and, Brown back in the league, yes. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah, it, right. I mean, it's it's a slippery slope determining oh what caused it. The point is, is as an NFL player, you should be held to that higher standard, and concussed or not, you should you should not be yelling at the independent consultant that is there 100% for your safety, period. I got you. All right. I'm good with that. So uh, next up here, we got Justin Herbert. He has fractured a finger on his non-throwing hand, Mm -hmm. says he's going to continue to play regardless. And so I think that that's, that's positive. It's, you know, it's not the end of the world, but you know, it could come into play, you know, if he's, being sacked and he's got to protect the ball or whatever, but uh, otherwise throwing wise, he should be okay. Yeah. Like he, he fractured it early in the game and I didn't see any, 
you know, I think it was first half that it happened. And I did maybe early second half, but I didn't, I was, because I'm in the LA area, that was the um, CBS game, I believe. And I didn't see any ill effects from the finger the rest of the game. So I don't think it's, I don't think it's a, I think it's a non-issue. Okay. Uh, well, that's good. And then this guy, I know you and I both like him. It's unfortunate. Tredavious White, the cornerback for Buffalo, mm-hmm. Taurus Achilles. He's going to be out for the rest of the year is what it looks like. Yeah. They're usually pretty stacked in the secondary, but he's a big-name guy. I'm sure they're going to miss him. Speaking of Achilles injuries, did you hear uh, – It was, I think it was earlier this week. It might have been last – it might have been late last week. At some point, Aaron Rodgers went on the Pat McAfee show and was talking about how he thinks he can come back from his Achilles injury before the end of the season. It would be pretty aggressive. I'll tell you that. But I don't – here's the thing. I don't know to what, like, severity his injury was. And um, I've heard of people – non-athletes so it's a a whole different story uh but i've heard of them recovering within a couple months but you got to remember they're also not like putting the same kind of strain on that and so i'm sure Mm -hmm. that like the the recovery and everything's a different kind of path for a regular joe than it is for a football player yeah so so it was like he's his rehab so, so from what I understood, it was um, completely torn. Okay. And he did a um, different kind of repair surgery. I don't know all the facts about it. I'm not a doctor. But he on the Pat McAfee show, he was saying that he's well ahead of normal protocol, protocols. And he believes he can come back before the end of the season from it. So and he's hoping that they'll they'll keep the ship afloat and he can make a playoff run. Yeah, and like the quote that that stuck out was the common practice is about six weeks in a walking boot, and I was out of I was in a shoe in thirteen days. Really? Yeah, I, I would just you know I'm not a Rogers fan, but I would hate to see him rush it and then it turn into. Mm-hmm a more permanent thing that he's got to deal with after his playing days are done. Because, you know, that's, that's like a sad thing that some of the players go through. They have these permanent injuries and, you yeah. know, even though I don't like the guy, I don't want to see anybody have to face that. And I could see his incentive because he knows the clock's ticking to get another ring and whatever. But uh, I just hope he's careful. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I hope he's careful. I hope he doesn't rush it. It'd be, Freaking phenomenal if he were able to come back this year Achilles tear because it's not it's very not common. Yeah. For that quick. Like it's it's from everything I've seen, it's minimum of a year. Yeah. Ten months to a year. So Well, you know, we'll yeah, see. and it's interesting because um yeah, like flipping it the other way, um you know, with Nick Chubb in that ACL. So he had surgery. They're saying he's going to require a second surgery. They've already announced that. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're saying he I thought may. Chubb was the 
MCL he tore, and then during the MCL surgery, they found an ACL issue, and he'll need a second surgery. Gotcha. Okay, so yeah, because I heard for him that they're saying he may be able to play at some point next year, but it's like such a serious injury and recovery that it's not like some of these other guys that have these ACLs where they're back right at the start of the next season. They're saying Mm -hmm. this could be something that goes into late next year before he hits the field again. And so, you know, I I think that's the key is just that, you know, we've kind of gotten spoiled a little bit with how quick some of these guys have recovered. But the reality is some of them are still very severe and take a very Mm -hmm. long time to come back from. Well, the example, uh, and I know this is not a basketball show, so um, I'll just comment on Kevin Durant. In the finals, one year, Kevin Durant tore his Achilles, and then it was a full year plus before he he was back to NBA action. Gotcha. Yeah, that's so, a long time. Yeah, and that that was just like two, like three or four years ago, maybe. Okay. It was like right before, right before the pandemic, or right after. It might have been. It might have been conveniently right before, so he just took that extra year off. Yeah, it might it might it might have been twenty twenty one. Okay. That he tore it. Um. I can look it up but it, it was really yeah we don't need those details james it's basketball well i'm a stickler for details i gotcha i gotcha it was uh, it was right before it was 2019 that okay. he tore it and then he tore it in the summer of 2019 and he didn't play again and he played in 2021 okay you know i'm a stickler for details so i yeah I think it's a convenient COVID opt-out year, just blaming the injury, but that's okay. Um, no, because 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 the long story short, the the um, Brooklyn Nets had a chance in the bubble to um, to do to make it through the playoffs, and I'm I don't remember exactly where they were or what, but they um they had had a decent decent chance and didn't do anything because they didn't have him basically gotcha okay all right so in other injury news i think this is the last one i picked up on the injury front i don't even have the details on this i just totally missed it but i saw that the patriots have traded for jc jackson Mm -hmm. because rookie cornerback christian gonzalez could be out for the year and so I don't know what happened with him, what his injury was. Uh, but J.C. Jackson obviously has some familiarity with the team. And I don't think that they had to give a whole lot to get him. But I don't have all the details. I just I want to say it was like a swap of late round picks plus the player. Uh, but, you know, maybe you saw some of that and you can shed yeah, some light I, on it. Okay. So, so um, Gonzalez dislocated his shoulder and and has a torn labrum, which will likely keep him out the rest of the season. That was the injury. Okay. I remember seeing it, and it didn't look it, – it was it was kind of weird how it looked. So the trade for J.C. Jackson, there's the Patriots are sending 2025 six-round pick to the Chargers who send Jackson and a seventh, 2025 seventh-round pick to the Patriots. So it's not 
It's not, it's like it's nothing. It's not even a pick this nothing. next year. <laughs> yeah, it's nothing. But the point of it is, is J.C. Jackson's been a huge disappointment in uh, yeah, no in, way with the Chargers. Like he but hasn't been anything. Like he was, he was. He was I think really freaking good for the Patriots. To, yeah, and they were looking to to trade him. I'm positive of that because of the fact that, um, like they benched him or didn't didn't even have him active this past week. Okay. Well then, yeah, good for everybody. You get him out of there. And the Patriots, I'm sure, will welcome him back with open arms. And it's like a classic Belichick move. He'll probably go back to being a freaking stud. And mm-hmm. they need it because they got fucking nothing on offense. So they need yeah. all the help on defense they, have, they can get. Nothing on offense, and they have almost nothing on defense. So, it, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're usually a lot better on defense. But Dallas embarrassed mm-hmm. them a little bit last week. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Okay few more things on the news here. So uh, related to trades there, James, I don't have anything super tangible here, except I heard Carolina is in the market for a starting wide receiver, and they've been calling teams trying to get a clear-cut wide receiver one for Bryce Young to throw to. And so I don't know what will work out there, what they'll get, um, maybe they're, you know, nipping at the Justin Jefferson rumors of Minnesota, maybe moving him. Um, in any event, I think it's a, a smart thing for them to do to help develop their young quarterback, because we know Thielen is not a one and, um, you know, neither is DJ Chark, uh, or mm-hmm. any of the other guys they got there. And so, you know, I, I like the attempt. Yeah. So I'm, Kind of see they're kind of it is looking like they're um looking for a wide receiver. They like because I mean they have they drafted what's his face, uh, Mingo, who hasn't hasn't come up at all. But the Scott Fitter said he wanted to be in on every deal or something like that, and possibly trading. Also possibly looking to um, trade for uh, Xavier Woods. Mm. Okay. So I, I just the the rumor mill. We'll see what comes about about it, but yeah, they need to do something. That offense is is anemic. When you see when you see Bryce Young play, he looks like he has has the talent. It's just he has nobody really to throw it to. I got you. Yeah, that's not good. Not the way you want to bring along your rookie quarterback. So, um, But it's also looking like Carolina messed up with the number one pick by drafting Bryce Young, how C.J. Stroud's playing. No doubt, man. C.J. Stroud is um, – he's really looking good. And so, you know, I know a few weeks ago we talked about him and Richardson. Mm-hmm. And I, I was I was talking about how I like the flash of Richardson because the way he runs and it's just it's very like Lamar esque in some ways. But Stroud, you know, I think, and I think that's the difference is most people expected Stroud to be more pro ready and Richardson to be more of a developmental project. Uh, but man, I don't know that anybody expected Stroud to be this. 
pro ready. He's been really sharp so far. And I love that connection he's got with Nico Collins, man. I, I thought Nico Collins was going to be on the map last year and it took, you know, a year for him to get here, but he's playing great football mm-hmm. now, man. Yeah, they, exactly. I, I mean, there's, you have, it's like some people, it just takes a year, year or two years to get, get into the swing at the NFL. And, but like some people just, it just clicks and yeah. it's really clicking for Stroud. Like he's, he's like, has he thrown an interception yet? I don't think so. No. And that's with a really uh, banged up offensive line, man. Mm-hmm. They've got like two or three of their starters out, man. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's fourth on the list for um, passing yards. Okay. Uh, he's, he has, and four, he's, he's averaging 303 yards per game passing. Yeah, as a rookie. As a rookie. With he no interceptions. Has, he has six touchdowns, zero interceptions. Yeah. And 60, 62, 63%, on, what the, yeah, 62.3% um, completion percentage. Pretty sweet, man. Pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. I'm digging it, dude. I'm digging it. Uh, all right. So let me give you uh, the last couple things I got on the news here. Uh, I saw Bradley Roby has signed with the Philadelphia Eagles. He's going to add some depth to their secondary. Uh, I don't think that's related to any kind of injuries. Them just wanting to beef things up. Uh, then we've got a couple players released this past week. Uh, so Chandler Jones was released by the Raiders. Uh, we talked about it last week. He had some off-the-field stuff going on, sounded like mm-hmm. some mental health stuff, and related to all of that comes now the team releasing him because of his behavior and uh, like some violations of some kind of like you know domestic orders or restraining orders or whatever the case may be. Yeah. So not the same, but also a release is the uh, edge rusher, Randy Gregory from the Denver Broncos. Mm -hmm. They just like, I don't know, like signed him to like a freaking $70 million contract like a year ago. And so kind of a shock that they're getting rid of him. But at the same time, it is a new regime and he's just not fitting in with what they're doing. And so he's gone. He's a guy that I I don't know, man, I want to say he's had some off the field stuff too in the past, but um, you know, either way, both those yeah, guys are. I, he was he, like the the reason why he went to Denver because he had agreed to sign with Dallas, but they put a clause in the contract so, that could void it based on certain um, conduct by him, and the, so and Denver didn't, and that's why he signed with Denver instead. I, I remember gotcha. remember the the story about it, but. Um, I can't remember what his legal issues or what was going on um, with him. I can't, I can't remember. Like I okay. tried to do a quick search and it's not. Nothing's coming up. Okay. That's okay. Either way, both games, those guys. He was through 2017 to 2019. He was suspended 16 games. Yeah, so he had some shit going on. I don't remember exactly what it was, but uh, either way. Substance abuse and marijuana? Okay. Yeah, and I don't know how the marijuana thing works anymore, but, you know, it's legal in so many states now. But 
still, you know, you break the rule when it is a rule, that's a problem. And so, um, yeah, so I mean, you know, these are, these are guys that are bigger name edge rushers, now free agents sitting out there. I would just be cautious for any team looking at bringing them in because you know you're bringing in bad behavior into your locker room. And so, you know, you got to be smart about how you navigate that with these guys. So, yeah, uh, you yeah. smart with that. I agree. Yeah. Then my, my last couple things here is we've got uh, Jonathan Taylor. He's going to be returning to practice uh, or was supposed to return to practice rather today for Indy. He's coming off a pup. So um, that's good, man. Give those guys a boost. Give Richardson some help. Um, and they, they've already been surprising people on offense. So this could be mm-hmm. even better for them. Um, and then I saw Jamison Williams along with a couple other players that were involved with um, some of those gambling-related suspensions. They have been reinstated early because the NFL revised their gambling policy uh, and I think you you might know a thing or two more about that than I do here, James. Yeah, like so. So there there are a couple things they did. They changed it to, and I, I have to pull it up because I forgot that it didn't happen before last last week. It happened um, like right after. Um, but uh, let me pull it up real quick. Sure. Because. It was okay. So they changed. First change was the biggest change. Uh, they changed the puni- punishment for players who gamble on non NFL games at the facility from six games to two games. Okay. And so Jameson was, he had six, he missed four, and now they're saying he only should have missed two. So, so they reduced those three players that were suspended with with Jamison Williams. They reduced it from six to four. But it's two for people going forward. But it's two for people going forward. See, but they didn't have to reduce it for them because that was the old. That was the, that was the policy at the time. I got you. Yeah. Okay. And then, All and right. then it was like. So I, I just you, want I just want like a two game credit for him if he gets in trouble again. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, I I give you that. And then I'm I'm looking for like the other other stuff because like they changed it to like if you bet on league games, it's a minimum of I want to say it's two years. Oh yeah, I think I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like still do not bet on the NFL. You're an idiot if you do that. Yeah. So so for for betting um, at the facility, they changed it to first time offense is two games, second time is six, third time is a full year. Okay. Um. I'm just not finding it. Like, why? Why the hell? Let me try something else. Sure. Because this is weird that I can't find the whole thing. 
on it, and I had it. Okay, so NFL-related bets from team facilities will now be punishable with at least a year suspension on the first violation, two-year suspension for bets made on a player's own team. Okay, yeah, that's what I heard, yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, you can't and do then, that, man. You can't be betting on your own games. That's not cool. Yeah, and then and then there was there was there was something something I remember where they talked about a lifetime ban. Okay. But I'm not I'm not finding it. There was something there was some talk about a possibility of a lifetime ban. But um, just give me one second, see if I can find it. If not, yeah, it's. I'm not. That's all right. I'm not That's finding all right, James. it. I, That's all right. Why don't we do our surprise games of the week? And you can maybe keep scrolling while we do those. And so, um, no, but I checked my last source and I'm not finding it. So I'm good to move on. Good to keep going. Okay. All right. So surprise games of the week, James. I mean, you kind of called this one, so maybe not a surprise for you, but Houston over Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. I was surprised by it. it, It's a surprise. And I, I said it, you know, Pitt, Houston, the way Houston was playing, it's prime for them to upset Pittsburgh. Yeah. I still would say how they did it is a surprise. Um, basically, motorboating the Steelers and just holding their ass down. They, I mean, the Steelers scored two field goals the entire game. <sighs> yeah, they're in trouble offensively, man. Yeah, they're they're in, they're in serious trouble offensively. Um, Maybe that's... they should trade for Cousins. We're talking about every team and their mom should be trading for Cousins. Mm-hmm. Well, that but that's the thing is is a picket is injured. We miss it in the injuries because it's it's not certain that he's going to miss a game. But oh, he has yeah. a so I just, has a bone bruise in his knee. Yeah. So I I mean I I I saw it. I didn't put it in there because I heard he's going to play. Mm-hmm. But still, yeah. I mean he's injured a little bit and. I don't know. Yeah, he's I, just sucking see, is what, what I, he is. What I read was he may play. Okay. Yeah, man. It just it's a reminder that preseason means nothing because these guys mm-hmm. looked amazing in preseason. And now they look so horrible. I'm gonna say this, and nobody's gonna know who this person is. You may know who this person is, but the problem with the Steelers is not any player they have. Okay. The problem with the Steelers is fucking Matt Canada. I've been uh, saying this for... coordinator. He's no longer offensive coordinator, but he's the play caller and he's the quarterback's coach, and he does not know how to call a fucking play to save his goddamn life. The issue wasn't the offense. It was the plays that were being called. So when you demote him from offensive coordinator, you take away play calling duties because of the fact that he can't call a fucking game yeah. or shit. I know, but, you know... <laughs> And I, I know that he's not – it's not working with him, but he does go back to the end of the Ben Roethlisberger era, and he he was a part of some very productive seasons with Roethlisberger. It's just he that – wasn't 
I was he, I don't believe he was the play caller during Roethlisberger. Era. You think he was just a quarterback coach back then? Because I remember so, Roethlisberger standing up for him at one point. Okay, so he was the quarterbacks coach for Pittsburgh in 2020. In tw- the year of 2016, one year he was the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach for one year under Roethlisberger. Well, what do you and, what do you do then, James? What do you do if you're Pittsburgh? You just fire the get guy. Get rid of his fucking ass. Well, I, I get, get it, but mid-season like this, you know, you just. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying that you got to hope that you've got like some brainchild sitting there that you can put into that role that's already in the building, man. Because going out and finding a guy at this time of year is going to be very hard to do. Okay, maybe don't go out and find a guy, but but have and, somebody and Tomlin's else call a the defensive guy, place. man. It's not like he can start calling the offense. I mean, he's been in the league a long time. Maybe he could, but it just it'd be unorthodox. So, so have fucking have um, a different offensive coach do it. Have Mike Sullivan call the plays. He was the offensive yeah. coordinator for the Giants in 2016 and 2017. Okay, all right, you've got the answer. And Tomlin says there's going to be some changes. I just I think it's more than I think it's more than Canada. Honestly, I think that they've got a talent deficiency on that offense. I think that you know, and and I don't like saying it because I like Kenny Pickett and I, and I think maybe with the right you know, going to what you're saying, maybe with the right coach, you know, kind of harnessing him, he could be a great quarterback. We saw glimpses of that. And he looks very poised for a young quarterback despite this year's struggles. But I think that they still have a weak-ass offensive line. I think Najee Harris, uh, he's an okay running back, but not a really good running back. Uh, And then at wide receiver, Deontay Johnson's been out. Uh, Pickens is uh, looking good, but still very splashy. Uh, they got the tight end Fryer move. I don't know. I just, I don't see, I just don't see a lot of consistency or reasons to be excited for their offense. I think they need help. I think that Kenny Pickett needs help. And, you know, maybe, well, maybe the offensive coordinator is one of those pieces that he needs help with. Yeah. The offensive coordinator. And also, but the problem, and I want to look it up with the air because we talked about it in the 2021 draft when they drafted Najee Harris. We talked about how that was a luxury pick. Yep. You need the yep. offensive line first. No, you're right. First. You're right. And then, and then wasn't it the and then the next year in 22 they drafted Pickett, but they still didn't address the offensive line. Yeah. We talked. And they about just it got they, a guy this year in 23, and he's not even starting, which is not yeah. a good sign because did they swing and miss on that guy when they needed that guy three years ago? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they should have swung and missed three years ago so they could keep swinging. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I think with, um, brother Jones. Yeah. I think there's more, I don't know why he's not starting because everything there's something weird in my mind going on there. Okay. And maybe he'll get there. Maybe he'll get there. But I'm with you, James. They should have fixed the trenches before they started expanding outward. 
especially mm-hmm. with a quarterback, man. Don't get a quarterback until you can protect his ass. And and, uh, and with running backs, it's like, dude, you don't need to draft a first-round running back if you've got an amazing offensive line. Like, so many teams have proven that. Yeah, so also, speaking of Broder Jones, um, he is starting this week, so... Okay, well, that's part of their shakeup. They're getting him in the game. Well, no, because uh, the other offensive tackle, the starting offensive tackle's out. Okay, so he got hurt, so... All right, so, all right, so other than that game... The other surprise game I had, which is maybe also not as much of a surprise now that we've seen enough games here, but was Cincinnati losing to Tennessee. And and I think mm-hmm. I think maybe the surprise is just that nobody expected Cincinnati to just keep losing week in and week out. And Tennessee has looked really bad this year too. And so it's like, mm-hmm. oh, man, then Tennessee just freaking rolled Cincinnati. It's like, what the hell is going on in Cincinnati, man? I don't know. I don't know if Burrow can turn it around. I mean, it's, you know, like the, I, I've heard the, the talk about, do you just sit him for a week and let him get better? Uh, if you're going to keep losing, you might as well sit him and let him get better. It just, it's so bad offensively yeah. for Cincinnati. Yeah. You might might as well. So far this season, Cincinnati's been outscored ninety four to forty nine. Oh, so bad. They have. Let me see. Passing touchdowns. They have two, two passing touchdowns, and they have one. They have. They've scored three touchdowns all yeah. fucking season. Yeah, and their defense has looked good in games. It's just that Mm -hmm. their offense is doing them zero favors. And so, yeah, eventually when your when your offense doesn't hang onto the ball log, your defense is going to get fucking burned at some point. Yeah. Time of possession wise, it's four minutes longer, almost, almost exactly four minutes longer that they they're playing defense than offense. And that's going to wear your defense down. The other issue is, is their turnover ratio is not good. Let yeah, it, it's see where did that go? It's hard to not just. I don't know. What do you do with them, dude? I. Well, we'll talk about them in um, a little bit more in our power rankings, which apparently okay. did I. I just opened up the file that I thought was my power rank or this week's and it was last week. So I have to go back in and, and download it. But yeah, we'll get to Cincinnati a little bit more sure. in the power rankings. All right. Well, let me give you, these aren't surprise games. They're just like nice surprise kind of stats or whatever from the games. And so Seattle in their just freaking thwapping whatever of the giants got 11 freaking sacks. It's a franchise mm-hmm. record for them. 11 sacks in one game is just amazing for any team, anytime. Um, on the individual effort side, freaking Khalil Mack with the Chargers had six freaking sacks mm-hmm. in one game. I mean, it's like the dude still got it, man. That was amazing. Um, and then the other big sort of, you know, shocker, 
sort of stat there is that with the Patriots losing 38-3 to Dallas, that is the biggest margin of defeat for Bill Belichick as a coach. Mm-hmm. And so we keep talking about Kirk Cousins and people maybe trading for him. New England, you should think about it. Pittsburgh, you should think about it. Uh, fucking, I would say New York, you should think about it. The Giant, well, either New York team, really, the Jets or the Giants, although the, the Giants, I don't know how you do it when you're carrying Danny Dimes' contract. Of course, the Jets have Rodgers, but uh, it's we live in a fake cap era. Any of sure. these teams could be making fake moves. Fake cap era. Fake cap era. Because right. you can see, and, and you could see from, like, for instance, the Jets. The Jets are just a fucking quarter. Although, wait a minute. Sorry, the Jets are just a quarterback away from being a good team. And as I started to say that, I realized that Zach Wilson, and this is going to sound sacrilegious, so just bear with me. (laughs) Zach Wilson outplayed Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he had a, a really, really solid one game, James. And and maybe no, we're seeing some growth in Zach Wilson, but we you know, you look at the couple games before that, it was not there. And you look at all last year, it was not there. And so it's it's hard to trust it, but if you're a Jets fan, it would be amazing if he's starting to gain some traction. Mm-hmm. It it would be. And like, I mean, it started to turn around a little bit against the Patriots. He had a decent game with the Patriots two weeks ago. But before that, I agree with you. It was not all there. But he he seems to be starting to turn around, hopefully for the Jets' sake, that that's, it's, it's a sign of things to come, not not a one-off, like you, like you had stated. Like, I was, I was texting you that, that I th- the way the game was going, I thought the Chiefs were going to lose the game. Yeah, and then the only reason the Chiefs won the game was because of a phantom defensive holding call that I don't even know what the fuck the ref was looking at. It's it's it was it was a call that was almost as bad as uh, what game was it? Was it was it Amari Cooper stepping out of bounds when he was like a foot away from the sidelines? You remember what call I'm talking about? No, I missed that one. So there was it might have been. I forget who it was. I want to say it was Amari Cooper, but it might be um, somebody else. It was it was a ridiculous call. If if you haven't seen seen it, I, I'll try to find it. Sure. But um, yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to try to find it and. Because it was it was absurd. All right, we'll keep he was like posted. a foot away from the sideline sidelines, and he it was a touchdown. He so he was a foot away inbounds, and they said he was out yeah. of bounds, or the other way. He was like a foot inbounds, and oh, and they called him out of bounds. They called him out of bounds. I'm trying to remember who it was because like he would have definitely, definitely scored on it okay yeah i'm just i'm i don't have enough to be able to to find it but it was ridiculous 
All right, so were there any other surprise games or surprise moments or stats or anything on your end there, James? Uh, let me just take a look. Like there was, there was like little sure. things like, like the jets, like I kind of hit on that. Um, no, not really. That was, that was kind of about it. Okay. Well, if you're good and I know you're still Googling to find that guy. Why don't we move to our power rankings? And if you want, I'll buy you a little bit of time. I'll start off with my one through five, and then it you was can a, it, it was Amari Cooper. Okay, it was Amari Cooper. And it was um, it was last week's game, not this past week's. And they called him out of bounds, and Cooper said he heard the ref apologize. After blowing the whistle. But it was in the end zone. Yeah. No, no, he wasn't in the end zone. Like he was like he was at like the the sideline, but he would have Yeah, he was like he was like forty yards from the end zone, caught the ball, and then started running to the end zone. Nobody in front of him, nobody already blew the whistle. But they blew the whistle calling him out of bounds. And And you can't review that? No, because the whistle blew. Jeez. That's a tough one, man. But, uh, you know, that's the thing is that the refs are human, too. And so you get like, you know, it's like you can't have this perfect expectation of everyone all the time. You know, like shit's going to happen, man. It just if it was a playoff game, I think it'd be a whole different story. Yeah, and. It didn't affect the game, like, really, because the Browns still won. Oh, yeah. No, no. They had Dorian Thompson-Robinson. They, they yeah. lost. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to send you – see if I can find a picture of it. Cause sure. Just blatantly obvious. Yeah, it's, it's, it's ridiculously obvious. Like, ah, here we go. Here's a picture. Tell me this picture is in the article. <laughs> I will send it to you because sure. it is it is absurd. It looks like that's going to be a fucking. I I just got to find this picture now, but we can we can move on and I can look for it at another point. Okay, well here I'll start off and you have time to keep looking. So we're gonna do our. Week five power rankings. I'm giving you my one through five. And absolutely nothing changed on my board, which made my work very easy this week. So Philadelphia at one, Kansas City, Buffalo, San Francisco, Miami. And so one through four, they all got a win, which means in my book for right now, nowhere to go on the board. I'm not going to panic and leapfrog or do anything crazy with these guys. Five, Miami lost, but because they lost to Buffalo and I had other teams in this range also lose, I'm keeping Miami at five. They've been electric so far this year, Uh, the freaking 70-point game, whatever you want to say. I get it. They lost to Buffalo, but they're still top five on my board. So when you're ready, James, why don't you give me your one through five? 
All right. So mine had a little bit of a fluctuation here. Um, at one, San Francisco, I still have them there. They won. I had Miami. At, I think it kind of what it boiled down to was I had Buffalo close up here and Buffalo just beat Miami. Sure. And so, but I had, I've, I now have Philadelphia at two who moved up one spot. Um, at three, I have Dallas. I know I just dropped them last week after the loss to Arizona. But when I started thinking about it, I think I was overly harsh on them because of the simple fact that it was like Thursday or Friday that they lost. Uh, oh, Savon. yeah, Trevon Diggs. Trevon Diggs. Um, it was like Thursday or Friday. They couldn't really adapt. Emotional. I, I'm going to take that out, that game out in my analysis of Dallas because of the situation behind it. And they boat raced uh, fucking New England. Okay. This is the one. These guys are getting way too far up my board for my liking. And I, I don't know what I have, what I can do with it. Cause it's like teams in front of them. You can just pause them. You can just pause them. <laughs> I, I'm going to have to, because I have the fucking lions at four now. I honestly think that that the Lions are the third or fourth best team in the NFC. Sure. Um, so I'm yeah, comfortable you got with that. Four because you got yeah. all NFC teams in your top four. Which which is a surprise. And the reason why Detroit is Detroit moved up one spot, they're still ahead of Kansas City because Kansas City is not showing me that they are better than the Lions. Um, five, I have Kansas city. They also moved up one spot with me moving Miami down out of, out of the second spot, more or less. It's intense jeans. It's intense. I like it, but it's intense. Uh, all right. So it's six. I've got Baltimore. I moved them up one spot. Hard to go any more than that. They, they beat a team with a rookie quarterback. And so I'm not going crazy there. Uh, seven Dallas, I moved him up one spot. Um, I like that you bumped him up and you're giving him a little bit more respect. For me, I'm just concerned that some of that was just New England being that bad. Uh, but I agree, Dallas has shown us some serious potential this year, and they, they should have some respect. Uh, at eight with Cleveland, I dropped them down two spots. Maybe a little bit harsh because Watson was out, but this is also kind of just how the board played out. You're going to kind of hear that a lot with me tonight. The board sort of like dictated maybe some bigger moves than what normally would have been. Nine, I've got the Chargers. I move them up more. I, I move them up two, which I think is more than they probably deserve because they're playing extremely streaky football this year. Um, but honestly, when I look at my board, we've got a lot of shaky teams in this range. And so. I, I do still really like the talent on paper for the Chargers, and they did get a win, so uh, that's fine. And then at 10, I've got Seattle. Uh, I'm starting to come around to these guys, James. It's tough because, you know, this is the opposite of the Chargers. On paper, their roster is not very highly rated, but they play great as a team, and they get it done. And so, uh, yeah, that's my 6 through 10, man. How about you? All right. First, I'm going to send you this picture um, sure. in in, the, in our chat that's going on the side, and I'll start, and then you tell me if this if Amari Cooper's out of bounds here. Okay. All right. All right. So six, I have Buffalo. I moved them up three spots from from where where they 
So it's not a foot, but I mean, it's, <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, was the ref on the other sideline? Like, how do you mess no, the that ref up? Was, the ref was right, you see the guy in the orange shirt at the front of the picture? Yeah. The ref was like right there on like that, the main yard line there. Uh, he, it's like literally right there, or he might've been behind the play a little bit, but he, he, it was caught. He called it. He called the play like instantly. I don't know how, I mean, it, and it's not even like one of these things where you could argue that um, it's like, Oh, well the other foot. And then he went out of bounds and it, not even that it's just blatantly in bounds. Uh-huh. Oh, exactly. that's, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. It's, it's cause he's so, on the hash. It's cause his foot touched the hash mark, James. Yes, exactly. But that's not um, the out of bounds mark. <laughs> at, at six, I have Buffalo. I moved them up three spots. I'm starting to come around to Buffalo, you know, outside of the first game against the yeah. Jets, they've been getting better and better. And that defense yeah. is really fucking stacked. So I can see Buffalo being the team that jumps into the top four and drops the lions down, lions down. At, at seven, I have Miami. I dropped them down five spots. You know, they lost to Buffalo. It's not just they lost to Buffalo, but they didn't fucking show up to the game. If it was like a December game where it's cold or a January game where it's snowing in Buffalo, I, it, it could be more forgivable than what, what I saw um, in Buffalo this past week. Eight, I have the Chargers. I moved them up two spots. I, it might have been a little bit more of a move for them, but I dropped the team that I had way ahead of them, way down, and I dropped Atlanta down off the loss, and they beat Vegas. I thought it was a little closer than I would have liked it to be, but sure. it's they have, like you said, they have the talent, but they're not showing it. Nine, I have Atlanta. I dropped them down one spot after the after the loss to Jacksonville. It's not just they lost to Jacksonville. They this is two weeks in a row. Was it two weeks in a row, or is it? Hold on. Yeah, because they lost to the Lions the week before, man. Yeah, I, I I started second guessing myself as I was saying it if it was the week before or the week before that that they lost the Lions, but it was the week before. The, the week before they lost twenty to six to the Lions, and then they lost twenty three to seven to Jacksonville. That's that's really really concerning. Also, what I'm seeing there seeing seeing with Atlanta is that. The, is Ritter is completely lost, and yeah, I'm he's, and he's I don't mediocre know. at best, man. And they're sticking yeah. with him. They're sticking with him, which good for them. But but you know you gotta you gotta put up points in this league. You I'm just gonna say in. it. I'm just gonna say it. Every time a team needs a quarterback, just fucking trade for Cousins. You know but, Minnesota but, doesn't want him. But the reason why I didn't drop Atlanta further is because that game was in London, and. Jacksonville is used to playing in London when Atlanta, because Jacksonville plays like every fucking year in London. Yeah, um, sure. So I and they're doing I'm two in a row a, this year, right? Yes, they last week and this week. Um, I'm going to give them a little bit of a pass, but not much. Um, just just this week. If it, if it's the same next week, then I'm going to fucking kill their ass and drop them way the fuck down. At ten, I have Seattle. I it we kind of aligned on this. It's I'm starting to come around with Seattle too. It's they they have no talent on paper, but they just all they fucking do is win. Yeah, they were playing the Giants, but I mean they they were f- fairly dominant. Geno Smith looks is look 
acting like he did last year. I thought he was going to take a step back, and he's not. So the more he more he consistently plays like that, they're going to keep moving up. Yes, yes, indeed, my friend. Uh, okay, so then I've got the Lions at 11 here, James. Very much the same comment as what I said with the Seahawks. I'm coming around to them. It's very tough. I try hard to not drink that Kool-Aid. It's like mm-hmm. uh, you don't get high on your own supply kind of thing. Uh, we get burned every time we do it. But um, I do like what I'm seeing, and I do believe there are a lot of shaky teams. Like I've said, in this range of teams, there are so many teams with big fucking cracks in them. Detroit's looking pretty goddamn good right now. Uh, and then at 12, I've got Jacksonville. I moved them up five spots. And some of this is that they're getting a boost by default because the board worked in their favor. And then some of it is just that, uh, you know, they got another win. They're two and two. And a lot of teams in this range are sitting at two and two. Uh, at 13, I've got Cincinnati. I dropped them four spots. I've been holding on as tight as I can for them. Uh, if they don't start winning, there might have to be a big drop on the board here because it's just getting ugly at 14 mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. It's fairly similar to what I'm seeing with Cincinnati. And it's very hard because Tomlin has always coached a very disciplined team and man, they're just so bad, man. They're just so bad. So I, I don't know. And then at 15, I've got the Buccaneers uh, big move up the board for the Buccaneers. I moved them up six spots. At this point, I'm letting their record speak for itself. They're sitting at three and one, and I think that wins can outweigh flaws at this point in the season. And so I, I like it, and it's just kind of an appropriate adjustment for me on the board. Back to you at 11, man. All right, so at 11, um, I have Tennessee. This is kind of an overcorrection, but I just – I liked what I saw with Tennessee this past week, but then again, it could be with Cincinnati. Plus I moved Cincinnati so close to Tennessee. Like, like you had kind of started to pull the string before this week. I was holding tight and, and like keeping them there and keeping them there and keeping them there. And it was finally like, it's time to let the, let the cord rip. And honestly, I could have dropped Cincinnati the way they're playing down further on the board, but I didn't, I, I'm hes- hesitant to do that because I see the talent on this team. Yeah. Um, but I dropped Cincinnati down eight spots. At 13, it's a, it's a mistake. I should have dropped Cincinnati down nine spots because Cincinnati lost to Baltimore just a couple weeks ago. And I have thir- Baltimore at 13. I didn't catch this. Um, That's all right. Don't worry about when it. I was, when I was doing my power rankings. Oh, well. Um, I have I I think overall Cincinnati is a better team than Baltimore, but they have to show it. Um, yeah. and they ha- they haven't. Um, thirteen and fourteen. Last week I had Cleveland, then Baltimore. I just flipped them. Um, I could have killed Ke- Cleveland a little bit more for how bad they lost to Baltimore, but I, based on what was going on around the board here, I didn't. Yeah, Watson was out. Watson was out. And exactly, exactly. Uh, 15, I have New Orleans. I dropped them down three spots. I probably, this is another team that got the benefit of what went on right here on the board and only got a three spot drop because 
they they should have t- should have tanked down, but a lot of teams that I had in here lost. I got you. Uh, yeah, all right. So then for me at 16, I've got Tennessee, and so uh, I gave them a nice boost on my board. I, I bumped them up six spots. Uh, part of that is they're getting the benefit of the board, and then part of that is there was almost like just this fucking landslide of teams losing in this range on my board. And so uh, that's fine. I have zero faith in Tennessee this year, okay? But this is just one of these ones where it worked in their favor big time on the board. Uh, It's 17. I've got the Falcons. I dropped them down one spot. We already covered them pretty well, I think. 18, we got the Patriots. I dropped them down four. Tempted to go further, uh, I'm just struggling to find quality teams here. And so I'm going to wait and see, you know, can they get their shit together or not? 19, I've got the Jets, drop them down four also. I like the glimmer of hope with Zach Wilson, uh, but we got to see more of that. And then maybe, maybe the slide for the Jets stops and I can start raising them upward. Uh, and then at 20, I've got the Packers. So I dropped them down two spots. This is like right after I moved him up a whole shitload of spots last week. I don't necessarily regret that because I've got the Lions pretty highly rated on my board now. Uh, But I am going back to monitoring the Packers and Jordan Love because I was very suspicious of them to begin with and maybe Mm -hmm. got a little carried away. I guess we'll find out. So over to you at 16, man. 16, I have the Jaguars. They kind of got a benefit of teams in front of them losing. I'm, I kind of, with the London games, I kind of try to throw those, or the international, the Europe games, I kind of try to try to temper what happened because it's a whole completely dip, new situation for a lot of these players. It's like five hours, five hours ahead or six hours ahead. And so it, and that, that fucks with your body to only have one yeah. week to, to adapt to it. Um, 17, I have Vegas. I dropped them down one spot from the loss. It's kind of a benefit of a lot of teams here losing. And, and not, not a lot of teams losing, but a lot of what's kind of went, went on around them where I probably should have dropped them more for losing as... That's not the right score. No, 24-17, right? But either way, yeah. you know, you're being very generous to the Raiders. <laughs> yeah. 18, we aligned this week. Um, ironically, I don't look at your power rankings when I do mine. And I, I do mine, and then I post, I paste them in. Somehow, you dropped the Patriots four. I dropped them one. We ended up aligning. I... If it That's wasn't nice. Dallas, if it wasn't Dallas that they played, I probably would have killed them more. But sure. Dallas is, is a really fucking good team, so I didn't didn't really kill them much for getting getting slaughtered by Dallas. And then, oh, at, you know, we both had Seattle at ten as well. <laughs> I'm just I looking now that. that you mentioned that. Yeah. Huh. That's about about all we have the same this week, but. Um, 19, I have Minnesota. I dropped them or I gave them a one spot boost for beating Carolina. Um, I had 19 and 20, or I'm sorry, I had 20 and 21 as, as Minnesota, Carolina, based on what happened around the board here, 
Minnesota and Carolina moved up to 19 and 20. Also, also part of it is because I dropped a team down that I had at 15. At 15, I dropped them way down based on what I'm seeing, and so that gave the boost. Otherwise, I'm I'm unimpressed with Minnesota. They beat Carolina. Big fucking whoop. They got a boost because I because <laughs> yeah because, somebody had to win or it would have been yeah. a tie. You know, yeah, yeah, somebody had to win. It was a one-score game. From what I remember from the game, Carolina had a chance to tie it up at the end, and yeah. they just couldn't get it done. Um, Carolina at 20, one-spot boost. I really wanted to leave these two teams where I had them because that feels right from what I'm seeing, but I dropped the team down that I had ahead of them, so they, luck, they got the luck of a boost from, from that. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Yeah. And hey, by the way, we got Indianapolis both at 26 as well. So we'll get there in a minute. But, uh, you know, we've got some alignment tonight. And then even then, mm-hmm. some teams are pretty close. But uh, so at 21, I've got Washington. I dropped them down one. I thought they hung in there pretty well against a powerhouse team, but ultimately lost. Uh, 22, we've got the Saints. I dropped them down three. Uh, you know, from recent weeks that I've been getting down on them, I just feel like. When I watch them play, something is off with them offensively, especially. And, you know, them losing to Tampa Bay, I think, just kind of further supports some of those suspicions that I've had. Uh, 23, I've got the Vikings. I moved them up three, but it's more than they deserve, James. The board just worked in their favor. Um, You know, I, I am way lower on Minnesota than you are. I've been that way. Going into the season, I, I was worried that last year was a big-time fluke. And um, I don't know. It's just not looking good for them so far. 24, I've got the Rams. I bumped them up three. I think Stafford and Nakua are keeping it interesting for this team. Um, they, they've far surpassed my expectations. I'll tell you that. And so it's nice to see, even though I'm not a huge Stafford fan now that he's with the Rams, but whatever. Uh, 25, I've got the Texans. I moved them up four spots. I'm going to start riding this hype train for as long as I can. Uh, we already covered it pretty well. Stroud, Collins, playing great, man. Back to you at 21. So uh, at 21, I have Houston. I gave them a huge boost last week. And so you're just a little bit behind me on getting on that hype train for, for Houston. Um, I moved Houston up. So I, in my power rankings, I go from the top down. And so I, I moved Houston, I moved Houston up and then, then I had, I'm sorry, I moved Pittsburgh down and then I, I looked at Houston and moved them up and it's like, well, they just beat the shit out of Pittsburgh. So they have to be ahead of, ahead of, Pittsburgh because they had them like one or two spots away. So at 22, I have Pittsburgh. I dropped them seven spots after that loss. They look in disarray. We we've hit. We it's beating a dead horse. Just continually talking about all the problems we have. Like you're, I I peeked at your note. It's a surprise to see from this this from a Tomlin coach yeah. team. Um, I don't know what to say about it. 23, I have the Rams. I gave them a three spot boost. It's it's actually a little bit more of a boost than I should have gave, given them. Um, there's there's a couple of funny things that happen on my board in, in here, and we'll get to one of them that I just, just noticed um, that we mentioned. But um, 20, three-spot boost beat 
beat the Colts. They struggled with it. It was an OT win. Um, they were ahead. Oh, gosh, what? I want to say they were ahead by like 20 points at halftime. And then, yeah, they were ahead 20 to nothing at halftime. And then they let Indianapolis come back in. They, in fact, they were up. They're up 23 to nothing before okay. Indianapolis scored in that game. Um, so they the really three spot boost is generous for them based on that fact, but it's also a factor of what happened around here. Tampa Bay at 24, I gave them a three spot boost. They they beat the crap out of New Orleans. Um, I, I didn't see much of the game. Can't really comment on it. Um, the score, the the flow of the game that I I did see it felt like Tampa Bay was just dominant in the game. 25, I have I have the commanders. I didn't move them from last week. I really probably, if things were differently, I probably should have moved them up after this past this past week's game. They they it, but it, they fought Philadelphia well. They were yeah. right in it till the end. Um, they actually, I think it was another. Oh, thinking about it i think they were down down at one point and fought back to yeah and people were giving it Rivera a hard like, time for not going for two at the end because right. they thought hey riverboat ron man you got that chance you should go for it he ended up saying in the post game that he thought his guys were tired and he wanted to give them a little break and thought they could win it in overtime and oh so the I, media I was, just chewed him up for saying that it was it was a competitive game throughout. It was, yeah. it was, it was, it was 100% back and forth. In fact, the the, the um, Commanders took the lead in, in at, at halftime. They were up 17 to 10 at halftime, um, and then it's just back and forth, and back and forth on it. And it it was it was a good it was a good game. Um, the overtime. I wasn't in the boat. I thought my instant my instant reaction to it was when they scored that touchdown with uh, no time on the clock to win the game now. That was my instant reaction. It's like, yeah. okay, so they should go for two. That was my first guess. So yeah, you're I'm not playing second... with house money. You know, you're playing yeah. against one of the top teams. You might as well just go for it. Well, what the rule is that they should that that is said all the time. At home, you play for the tie. On the road, you play to win. Oh, that's good. I don't know if I've heard that before. Okay. And, but the analytics of it, if for those people that are killing him, I actually went down, actually had found the analytics of it. I don't have it to reference, but I looked at it, and it was like a .9 different in, chance, in win chance by kicking by going for two instead of kicking the extra point. It gotcha. was it was so close. It was it was basically a toss a, fl- a coin flip. Yeah, and you just decide you based on your flip. narrative, yeah. Yeah, and you decide based on on your gut and which is what Rivera did. Um overtime didn't go that well. They went three yeah. and out. But and... you don't have to go for it every time. I know they call no. him Riverboat Ron and all that, but you know, sometimes it just doesn't work out. Yeah, they they went for they overtime didn't work out. They went three and out. Um, Philadelphia took some risks in overtime by going for it on fourth and one and stuff like that. Um, 
but it was a good game. All right, back to me at 26. I've got the Colts. I dropped them down one spot. I think we've talked a lot about them at this point. Um, all I'll say is the future's bright for Indy, man. I, mm-hmm. I think, you know, they've got a lot of potential. At 27, I've got Denver. I moved them up one spot. And honestly, you know, in hindsight, looking at it, I probably should have them uh, at the very bottom with Chicago because that game was so piss poor. But uh, I had them at 28 last week and they won. So I moved them up to 27. Uh, And then at 28, I've got the Raiders. I moved them down four spots. You know, obviously, James, I don't give a shit about McDaniels and Mm-hmm. You can see that reflected very heavily on my board. It's probably lower than they deserve, uh, but they're not winning. So what the heck? And then at 29, I've got the Giants. One of my biggest moves season to date, I dropped them six spots. I'm just not going to hold back, man. They look like total fucking garbage. And until they get their shit together, this is where they're at. And and I've I've wondered, I've wondered, is this a, Saquon's not playing and so their offense just doesn't have that additional element that they need I don't know I don't even think that's it man I think that just all around they fucking suck and so I dropped them down six and then at 30 I've got the Cardinals they were at 30 last week Uh, despite the loss they're playing some inspiring football and so I decided to keep them where they were at over to you at 26 man 26, I have the Colts. This is the weird one. They dropped four spots. I'm trying to figure out why I dropped them four spots, and I think what it has to do with is that first half. The first half stuck out in my mind more than the more than the second half of the game. Um, they they have to play better in the first half. And from what I remember, now that I'm thinking about it, the first half has pretty much been the problem with the Colts. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back and look real real quick at, at the box score. Or, sure. Yeah, the, at, at it. Yeah, so... Okay, so against the Ravens, they scored 10 in, in the first half. First quarter didn't, didn't score. The first quarter is... Eh, against, but it was the Texans. They played, a, they played one good first half this year. One good first half this year. They... they, they Besides the Texans game, they haven't scored in the first quarter, and that's I think that's what's sticking in my mind when I with the drop. Sure. Twenty-seven. I have the Giants. Um, this offseason, the Giants made a huge mistake. It's evident they made a huge mistake. They had all the leverage with, with Daniel Jones. Yeah. And they paid him. Dable and wanted they, to back him, dude. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand why we talked yeah. about it then. I don't understand why they gave him as much money as they did. I don't even remember what the contract was, but it was like, what the fuck? Um, I dropped him three spots. I just, if it weren't for some other things going going on around there, I probably would have dropped them down closer to twenty nine. But just how my board lines up, I had killed some teams, and and those teams are still down here. So twenty eight. I have the Jets. I gave them a two-spot bump off that game against the Chiefs. I thought I think the problem with the Jets is the quarterback. We've hit that, yeah, hit that a million times. Um, but 
I think it's a really good on paper. Besides the quarterback, it's a really solid team. Oh yeah. And if they could just get that quarterback playing, this could be when, like I said, when they signed Aaron Rodgers, they instantly became a Super Bowl contender because they had a quarterback. I was concerned if Rodgers could still do it, but because Rodgers' history, aside from last year, they instantly became a Super Bowl contender. Um, unfortunately, he went out and, you know, shit happens. It's it's a contact sport. 29, I have Arizona. I didn't move Arizona off of – I didn't move them even though they lost 35 to 16. And the reason I didn't move – and I said this to you. I think Arizona is playing better than we give them credit for. The yeah. problem with Arizona, Arizona is the first three games, they dominated the first – the second half, but they played like shit in the first half. This last game, they dominated the first half, played like shit in the second half. If they put if they put together a game, a good a, a complete game, that team can can actually win some games, and which is a surprise for it. Thirty, I have Green Bay. I dropped them two spots. I think Green Bay is going to be my team that's kind of going to fluctuate. Wait between between like 25 and 30. Um, I started getting on, not quite getting on the Jordan Love hype train, but or bandwagon. But I kind of started believing more and more in him. And this past this past week against Detroit was was a real, reality check for him. Yeah, it's almost like you're you're looking at Green Bay kind of the way I'm looking at Minnesota in some ways. But yeah, it's um, different teams, but similar negativity so mm -hmm. all right so i'll lead us off here for the freaking dumpster fire james and nothing's changed on my side i by the way i'm looking at your side and i think you got it right here uh but at my side i've got chicago at 31 these guys are their own worst enemy that's why they're zero and four uh they lost nowhere for them to go so they stayed where they were at 32, I've got Carolina, same kind of thing, 0-4. They're getting desperate for a win. Um, until they do, they're good, They're just going to stay here at rock bottom, even though, I don't know, man. Like It's it's so hard for me to say that they're better than Chicago. I mean, I, I want to say they are, but they're also 0-4. And, and so until one of these teams kind of breaks that log jam, they're both down here at the bottom, man. Give me your dumpster fire, James. All right. There's no change to my dumpster fire. I had Denver at 31 last week. They beat Chicago. Um, they stayed at 31. Didn't move up because they beat the team, the only team in the league that I had worse than them in, in Chicago. One thing about Chicago, and this will be the interesting, and I don't think anybody – I don't think you realize this. Chicago, the way things are going for Carolina and the way things are going for Chicago, Chicago could be the first team ever in NFL history to have the number one and two pick in the NFL draft. Because Carolina, Chicago yeah. traded this past year's number one pick to Carolina for their first round this coming year. Yeah. So, and I wanted to check because I think they do play each other. I'm pretty sure they do. Um, 
Yeah, they yeah, do. Yeah, I think they do, time. right? Because, yeah, Detroit's playing Carolina this oh, week. Oh, so. God. It's a Thursday night game, too. That's fine, because I don't get to see it. It's <laughs> a Thursday night game. Oh, my gosh. That's, that's terrible. I, I don't even care, dude. Yeah, I'm so I'm still pissed about the fucking Prime thing, but yeah. Yeah. Poor, poor fucking Amazon. Like, they have... They don't get any good fucking games. Yeah, and by the way, it's the same bullshit with the fucking London game, dude. So I didn't get to watch the fucking London game because it was on ESPN Plus. And so, uh, and by the way, I have ESPN Plus, but I couldn't get in the fucking app. And so it's like... I had the same fucking issue. I had the same fucking issue. I have ESPN Plus. I tried to, I tried to log in, and then it would let me log in, but then I went to watch the game, and it, was, it would try to get me to sign up yeah. for ESPN Plus. Yeah. I was so, so fucking just, pissed. Just all this you streaming bullshit garbage, dude. The Toy, Story, the Toy Story version on Disney Plus. I did, I did record that for my kids, and, uh, and my son liked it. He thought it was super cool. And I thought it was good because, like, you know, they, they sort of, like, accelerate through the game. And so, like, you don't have to see a full three-hour game or whatever. Um, but, like, for my kid, that was fun. You know, and he, he saw the big city greens hockey thing that they did, like, a year ago. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a good way, man. It's a good way to, like, get these kids into the game and kind of bring them up that way. So, whatever. So, I watched it live. So, as the game was going, uh, you know. I watched it because I couldn't get into ESPN Plus. Oh, so they did the whole thing. The, the live. Whole... <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, so I only saw the recording after, which like only cuts no. to like the big drives and the big plays. No, they did it live. All right, so yeah, because fucking... you couldn't get into ESPN Plus. You watched the whole so... thing in cartoon mode or animation yeah. mode. Oh, and my own, the, the only annoying thing about it is when the ball went out of bounds or the ball was like it, they would place it right there. And then every once in a while, as they were about to snap, the ball would be moving back to the blue line. OK. As, and like cause it was it was inadvertently placed ahead. And so they would be moving it back. And then all of a sudden the play be going on when the center was was like a yard away from the fucking ball. Gotcha. Gotcha. But, but it was pretty it was they did a, did a good job with it. Um, I was really annoyed about ESPN plus and not being able to get yeah. into the fucking app. But it is what it is. All right. Anything all right. else on the power rankings? Or are you ready to move on to the this week's game picks? Yeah, let's let's go to the game picks, man, and you know I'll let you just kind of take that ball and run with it, James. All right. So my struggles continue. I got eight right. You got thirteen right. You're beating me by fucking ten games already. I think I just have to scrap my model and go back to gut instinct on it. Um, it's a long season still, but yeah, I mean. You know, and, and remember that first month last year was atrocious for both of us. And so I think I you're, just might be a little bit ahead of the curve this year. That's it, man. You're at 66%. I'm at 50%. Hey, 50% is decent. It said nobody. <laughs> uh, but our, our best years are like in that 65-ish percent, right? So, you know. Yeah. You can get there pretty quickly. 
I can get there pretty quickly. I, I have to figure out what the fuck's wrong with my mom. Uh, let me get to the right tab. Okay. First off, and, and by have, the way, you know, I've been smoking the regular season. You've been smoking the playoffs. It's it's all right, man. We're just on par. Yeah, I know. I just it's 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 just frustrating. I got you, man. You want more. You want more. I want more. Um I I have to figure out. I have to have the time and I haven't had the time to sit down and just really look at my model and figure out what the fuck's going on with it. Okay. Um, first up, we have Thursday night, Chicago at Washington. Ugh. Lucky Amazon Prime. So, also, all you really need to know about, well, <laughs> two fucking shitty, shitty teams. I think Washington's <laughs> slightly better. Um, Washington is favored by Five and a half. Um, Jeez, that's a lot. Twelve of the last fifteen meetings between these two teams, Washington has covered. The com- but the Commanders in their last four games as a favorite, they're zero and four against the spread. Where the Bears this season are zero three and one against the spread. Um, the only thing about this game that I found is interesting is it probably will be over the over under on the game um i had i had chicago actually winning against the spread i had 21 to 19 chicago i don't know how chicago scores 19 points but um hey i'm going with washington okay yeah and i'm with you dude i'm going with washington i don't know how it's a five and a half point spread because both these teams are fucking garbage um when I look at my heat map, it's a little bit in Chicago's favor offensively, and some of that is just because of Fields and his his mobile ability and whatnot. Uh, but it's also heavily in the favor of Washington on defense, because as we know by now, Chicago's Chicago's defense is garbage, and so uh, it's in Washington. I like Washington here. Next game we have Jacksonville at. I'm sorry, Jacksonville versus Buffalo. Buffalo's the home team at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium yes, in London. The home team, yes. Yes, exactly. Um, my model has Buffalo winning 23 to 17. I'm actually going to override my model on this. And the reason I'm overriding my model on this is because, because Jacksonville has been there. By the time Sunday's game comes around, they will have been there for almost a two, almost two full weeks, and I think the time difference is huge when you're doing five hours. Like, like we talk about we talk about like West Coast teams playing on the East Coast and how they struggle. Yeah. It's it's even worse going going to going to London. I think I think there's a huge advantage for the Jaguars for being able to stay there an extra week for the game, and. I'm going to go with Jacksonville. Okay. I've, I've updated the pick. Um, I'm, I'm still going to stick with Buffalo. I, I like both of these teams, but I like Buffalo a lot. And, and you kind of talked about it earlier that 
Buffalo had some maybe question marks and some struggles earlier in the season, especially week one, whenever that was. But they've been looking pretty goddamn strong since then. And I, I think that when you're like a championship caliber type team, you're going to win even when you have this adversity. And so I'm going with Buffalo. Next up, we have Houston at Atlanta. Honestly, when when I modeled this out, I came up with a four-point victory for Atlanta, and I tried to find a reason to override my model. Um, it's There are reasons there. If this was in Houston, I probably would override my model, but I'm not going to, and I'm going to stick with Atlanta in, my, in, in the game. Sure. All right, yeah. So I'm on the other side of the fence. Um, I'm going with Houston here, and this is one of my overrides for this week. And so last week was the first week I did overrides, and if I go back and check, I was – Let's see, I was two out of three on my overrides, so it's not like it's like earth-shattering. It's just kind of par for my record, but um, I'm taking Houston here. When I look at the heat map, it, it definitely favors Atlanta. I just look at these last couple weeks with how Atlanta's been so flat and the last couple weeks how Houston has been booming, and so I, I'm just... I'm going hype train for Houston. That's all I'm doing here. Mm -hmm. It makes sense. Next, we have Carolina at the Detroit Lions. While my model doesn't have the Lions covering the current spread of nine and a half, I have it as a one-score game. In fact, I have it 21 to 18 in Detroit's favor. The interesting tidbit I found is since that... Since Dan Campbell has been coach of the Lions, they are 14-5 and five against the spread. The best against the spread record in that span of all the other teams. Nice. Um, I just... I'm completely buying the hype train for, for the Lions. Hook, line, and sinker. Last year, they, they got boat raced by Carolina. Uh, like... Gosh, what was what was the final score of that game? Let me look that up. It was it was ridiculous. Oh, they ran all over us, man. But, yeah, it was like thirty-seven to fourteen, I think. Thirty-seven yeah, to twenty-four. He had like a yeah. freaking career 165, day. One hundred sixty-five yards for Foreman. Um, yeah, <clears throat> I'm just. I'm buying the revenge factor. I'm buying the Lions. I'm all in on the Lions 100%. Okay. Yeah, and I'm going with Detroit, too. My heat map is entirely green except for the defensive front seven, which I believe Carolina is a little bit more imposing. Um, mm -hmm. I, I am nervous that the spread is that big, James. I, I think Detroit gets the win here. Uh, but I, man, at some point it's like, do you wonder, could they have one of these trap games like, like to, I'm sorry, like Dallas had with Arizona, could they be looking at Carolina like, oh, we're just going to roll them. Let's move on. If I'm Detroit, I, I don't look at any game like that. 
it's but you know i'm just saying so i'm going to trade here man all right next up we have tennessee at indianapolis divisional game divisional game the spread is actually a pick um on this game my model had tennessee winning 21 to 17 I don't know the way Indy's playing. I don't know how Indy loses this game. And I'm going to override my model and go with Indy on it. Oh, man, you're fueling the flow here. Let me just update this. Okay, so I've got Tennessee and... um, yeah, I mean, my model has Tennessee by almost five, but I hear what you're saying. My model is not, like, accurately reflecting how bad Tennessee's been and how good Indianapolis has been. Um, but still, I, I do like Tennessee's coming off of a good win. <sighs> you know, they got Derrick Henry. He can control the tempo of the game. Um, Indy's getting Jonathan Taylor back. Yeah, it's all right. I'm going to stick with Tennessee, man. All right. Next up, we have my survivor pick of the week, which is the New York Giants at the Miami Dolphins. And my definite survivor pick is the Giants. I mean, it's going to be the Dolphins. Um, I don't understand how this game is close at all. Period. Miami is going to go out with, with, they got a fire lit, lit under them by how bad they were embarrassed in, uh, uh, in Buffalo this past week, and the Giants just don't have the talent to the talent and defense that Buffalo does to hold that yeah. offense down. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not like trying to stir shit up here, but Saquon's been missing time. Eckler has been missing time. You know, these running backs pitching a fit about their contracts and whatever else, and mm-hmm. um. It just, it's like with the Giants, I, I would i would give the green to the Giants at running back if Barkley plays, but I don't know if he's going to play. Aside from that, man, it's like almost all in favor of Miami, and so I've got to take Miami in this game. Yeah. I, I would wonder what you were, how much you were drinking if you, uh, said you were going to take uh, the Giants. Next up, we have the Saints at the Patriots. Um, these are two teams that are playing really shitty right now. And ironically, the spread's by a point and a half. New England's favored by a point and a half. But, and my model has New Orleans winning by one. Okay. Um, I'm going to stick with my model because I can't... On them, on these two... on. The Saints and Patriots, I can't place my finger on which team really is playing better right now. Yeah, I think they're both playing bad. (laughs) Oh, God, it's such a... I can see this one being a dogfight, James. I really can, Mm -hmm. because I see a lot of similarities in these teams. Um, My model has the Patriots winning, and... I, I read something about Belichick calling Mac Jones's 
you know, issues last week uncharacteristic. And I'm just going to stick with the model So what about here. the issues the week before? No, I agree. I agree. But you also know that I'm down on the Saints. And when I when I defer to my power rankings, I've got the Patriots ahead of them. So I'm, I'm going with the Patriots here. No, that's fine. I'm just saying, like, I, on Belichick, you can't you can't say last week was uncharacteristic. Um, yeah, when there's a pattern. <laughs> when there's a pattern. All right. Next up, we have the Ravens at the Steelers. Sure. The the Ravens have a chance this week to uh, get a ridiculous foothold on this division. They so far the, so far. Week two, they won at Cincinnati. Week four, they won at Cleveland. This game's at Pittsburgh. While I have this as a really low-scoring game, I, I have Baltimore winning by a touchdown. And I really can't think of a reason the way Pittsburgh's playing it to even consider overriding it. So I'm going to go with uh, Baltimore in that game. I got you. Yeah, and so this one is an override in my model, which just goes to show that I've still got some flaws in my model. I, I'm showing Pittsburgh winning by three, and I, I just don't see it. I mean, if they were playing the way that maybe I would envision them to play, I would probably give them that edge because they're at home, but they're just mm-hmm. playing so off from what we expect out of Pittsburgh Steelers football, I got to override it and I got to go Baltimore here. All right. Next, we have Cincinnati at Arizona. And I'm going to be honest with you. When I got this result in my model, I said, this is, this is my what the fuck result. All right. Like, I don't, understand and it's not like it's by like a point it's it's by more it's by four points i have arizona winning this game in my model by four and i mean honestly the way cincinnati's been playing i have no faith in them i'm willing i the way cincinnati's been playing i can't and like i said Arizona's been playing really good halves of football. I think this might be the first game that Arizona puts together a good game of football and wins. Yeah, this one's tough, man, because honestly, you know, had Cincinnati not went out last year and had a strong season, I would have called him a fluke the whole time. Because mm-hmm. I have never been a fan of their head coach. I think Burrow is legit, even though this year something is like crazy messed up. I just have always been down on Zach Robinson as a head coach. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't even know if it's the coaching this year. It's just so many things are not working for Cincinnati. My problem is my fucking heat map is entirely green for Cincinnati except for the defensive back four. And so I have to go with Cincinnati here. Uh, The play might say Arizona has a shot to win. My model is just way too strong for Cincinnati. I I have got to hope they're going to win this one, and that's what I'm going with. 
and you said Zach Robinson, Zach Taylor. Th sorry, thank you. No, it's like it's it, it said it and it clicked in my head. I was like, that's not right. That's not right. I had no, to look and I it think up even to make when sure. I, I think even when I said it, my brain was like, that's not right. But I was like, just going ahead, you know. So yeah, yeah. So so yeah, I'm I'm not killing you for it. I just yeah. Those, no, hey, we gotta help each other out here. Thank you. Those out there that, that see that's how much I don't like him. I don't even know his name. <laughs> so our next game is the Eagles at the Rams. Yes. So my model, I don't know. The spread on this game is where the fuck did it go? Sorry, there it is. Um, surprisingly, the spread on this game is only four and a half for the Eagles. And that's a testament on how the, how the Rams have been playing this year. Um, my model has Philadelphia winning by three on it. I can't come up with a reason to pick the Rams in this game. Um, I did find that as a home underdog with the Rams, Matthew Stafford is 1-1-1. One, one, and one. Okay. Um, it's a little bit worse when you have have it add in his Lions career with it, but I'm not going to just go yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, that's it's a whole different thing, yeah. But Jalen Hurts, when he is – this is the 25th consecutive regular season start that, that Jalen Hurts' team is favored. In that span, outright – he is 23 and 2. Okay. I'm with the, I'm with the Eagles. I can't come up with a reason to pick pick the Rams. Yeah, no, I hear you, man. And so um so my model it, it's I'm I'm taking Philly. I'm just telling you that up front. But my model does give the edge in some regard to the coaching staff for the Rams, which I believe is in part because you have two new coordinators for Philly. If you take that into consideration, the heat map does kind of zigzag a little bit back and forth between the teams. Um, but overall, it has Philly winning this game by healthy margin. And so I got to go with Philly, man. All right. Next up, we have the New York Jets at the Denver Broncos. Oh, powerhouse. Powerhouse. Powerhouse game. My model has Denver winning 21 to 14 on it. And what I sent you was on my model. I'm just looking at it, I can't pick Denver to win a game. <laughs> from what I've seen from Denver, I cannot pick them to win a game. So you're I'm, you're switching to the Jets. I'm going to override my model and go with the Jets. Okay. No, I'm I'm glad you're doing that. When you picked Denver, I thought, oh, what the fuck is James doing here? This is bad. So, but so when I send you my picks, sometimes I've had the time to to look at, at it and get a reaction. This time I didn't have the time to look at it and get it and figure out what I wanted sure. to, on my model. So I just put what my model was and then I. Open up the spreadsheet again and 
like just now tonight and it was like what the fuck was i thinking there uh no 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 abort abort yeah no i'm glad you switched the pick i i mean i don't i don't have a crystal ball but i i don't see i don't see denver oh man the jets just played such an inspiring game against the chiefs i know it's at mile high which makes it kind of tough but i gotta go with the jets here man i just i think denver's so mm-hmm. bad dude all right, lucky for Cousins, this next game's not on Sunday night. Not prime time. It's can- not prime time. Kansas City at Minnesota. The way Kansas City's been playing, I'm not really surprised at the line being five. <laughs> Interesting tidbit is somebody's going to have to win against the spread in this game, or it could be a tie. But the Vikings in their last nine games as an underdog are 1-7-1 and one against the spread. And the Chiefs are, and those, those of you keeping score, if you're 1-7-1 and one against the spread as an underdog, that means you potentially won, had won one of those games. Uh, the Chiefs are 12-5 and five against the spread in their last seven road games. So the spread... Apparently means nothing, but I just wanted to throw that out there. My model has sure. has Kansas City winning thirty one to twenty four, which is more more what I would expect the spread to be of seven, not not the five that it actually is. It did it hasn't moved since open from what I'm seeing. So okay. money's not coming. It's it's if money's coming in on the game, it's pretty even. I gotcha. Yeah, I'm not going to overthink it. I'm taking the Chiefs. I, I don't care. They've been playing sort of like subpar by their standards. Minnesota is like way fucking subpar. And so I'm going Chiefs. Next up, we have the Cowboys at the 49ers. So the Cowboys have won each of the last three meetings against the 49ers. But Where, my, minus playoffs? It must be. I just, yeah. I didn't. Yeah, it must be regular season. Yeah, yeah, it must be regular season. Point blank on this. I said this, I think it was going into last week. When Brock Purdy loses a regular season game, I will consider picking against him. I'm on San Francisco. Yeah, no, I, I, I like the way you break it down. I will say this. For being on the road for Dallas, my model has it less than three, which means these guys are really evenly matched. Uh, But that being said, I believe Shanahan and the 49ers, they're a better team. They're better coached. Uh, They they could far surpass that, what I've got in my model. Dallas, on the other hand, has talent, has shitty coaching, and often disappoints. And so uh, I'm definitely taking San Francisco. And then we have the Monday night game of Green Bay at the Raiders. Um, Green Bay is favored by two. I I must have a typo on this, but I have the over-under as 44.5, but the open over-under number I have listed as zero. 
So yeah, it so must it's just going to be a zero-zero tie. Um, the Packers, Packers, uh, Raiders are zero three against the spread in their last three games. Josh McDaniels, in his career as a head coach, is six. I'm sorry, in the, his last forty-three games as a head coach, he's sixteen and twenty-seven against the spread. He, I say his last forty-three games because he's been a head coach for forty-nine games, and he started out six and zero against the spread. Okay. Um, each of the last five meetings, Green Bay has covered. That was with Rodgers, um, and possibly Favre also, depending on how far back it goes. My model has Green Bay winning twenty-seven to twenty-one. Um, I did when I saw this. I considered overriding it because I don't like how Green Bay is playing this year, but I equally don't. If it was against any other team, I possibly would have overrode my model. But since it's against the Raiders, who I don't like how they're playing at all this year, I left it with Green Bay. Yeah, I got you. And so, yeah, for me, I mean, I think that, when you look at the rosters and you look at the heat map, hypothetically, the Raiders should be better on offense than the Packers. Mm -hmm. But when you look at the way they're playing this year, it's not necessarily working out that way. I think on defense, the Packers are very clearly better than the Raiders, and they've definitely played better defensively than the Raiders. And so, um, you know, you've got just some inconsistency there. I give the benefit of the doubt to Green Bay. I'm taking the Packers, man. And then we have next Thursday's game, which is the, it's so terrible. It's Denver at the Chiefs. Oh my gosh. It's, yeah, I mean, we don't need to – we're both taking Kansas City. Come on. Yeah, we're both taking Kansas City. Like, I looked at Denver's schedule, and I'm hard-pressed to find another win on their schedule, possibly Week 18 at the Raiders. Possibly. Yeah, it's garbage. Like you said, a lot of bad Thursday night games. Why is – that's weird. That's a weird day for the, the – are they flexing the Raiders game against the Lions? Oh, I did hear about a, a Lions game getting flexed, but I don't know which one it was. So I, I have to – I have to f- – f- what week was it? Let me get back to that because – like it, it just it caught my eye that it was it's listed it's a Sunday game and it's listed as to be determined and it's not okay. it's not like it's Christmas Eve or or something it's week fifteen did they bail out huh. There's one, two, three, four, five games in week 15 that are listed as to be determined. Oh, okay, so it could be flexed to the 16th. Okay, that's okay. That makes more sense. 
it just caught my eye as weird. It's it's not going to sure. be flexed to, yeah. to, sat, to Saturday. There's no way the league would do that. Um, anyways, yeah, we're both on Kansas City. All Any right. Final you... thoughts for the game picks? No, I'm good on the game picks, man. Are you ready to go question of the week? I am, except for the fact that I accidentally closed all the research that I had just done while we were talking. Okay. Well, you, you've got a few minutes to pull it up because you know me. I'm going to ask the question, and then I'm going to give you my take on the question, and then I'll and then I'll get your take on the question. And so, yeah, I guess let's just start off by saying our question of the week tonight. It was submitted by one of our viewers. I won't say his name just because I didn't get his permission to say his name, but uh, he's a Lions fan, and he's asking – how can the Lions beef up their defensive line to give Aiden Hutchinson some support and bolster that defense in order to make a big playoff run this year? And on top of that, how do they do it without breaking the bank or selling the farm? And so we're talking not giving up major draft picks, uh, not going crazy with fake cap games, all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, we're going into week five, which kind of complicates things, okay? Because um, at this point in the season, you've got um, teams pretty set with their rosters. If they're uh, in a position where they think they can make the playoffs, they're not likely to make a trade. Uh, and if they're falling out of the playoffs, they're either looking at it as, hey, we need this guy as a cornerstone for next year, uh, or we're going to sell these resources and sort of like go into a rebuilding process. And so, you know, you kind of got to keep that in mind. But when I look at it, I see a few different options. I think the first option is that you stand pat and you just have faith in the group that you have. You know, you did see what was it last week? They had five sacks or whatever. You know, the Lions defense is showing signs of life. And so the first option is you just think, hey, they're going to get better organically and you got to give them time. But I know that that's not what our viewer is looking for. The second option is that you go and kick the tires on every motherfucking free agent that is sitting out there and see if they are better than what you have in your locker room. Uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to get into that. I'm going to run through some of those names in just a minute, but that's something that your GM should be doing all the time. Anyhow, for every position. And then the third option is that you go out and you make a mid season trade. Uh, but you got to do it in a way that's strategic where you're not giving away too many resources, but at the same time, you're having some kind of an impact that you're going to beat options one or options two. And so, um, so for the sake of arguments, let's just skip option one. We're not just going to stand pat. So option two, you're looking at some guys that are sitting out there as free agents waiting for somebody to call them. And I'm going to look first at the salary cap for the Lions, James. Uh, depending on whether you're using uh, over the cap or Spotrack, they're at $7.9 million to $8.7 million in space. And so if you're signing a free agent, that's what you got to work with, unless you restructure some deals and yada, 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 whatever. <clears throat> From there, I'm going to take a look at, um, let me find my source here. This is um, 
NFLTradeRumors.com, they have a list of the top 100 free agents available. And so I took that list, I looked at the defensive linemen, and I only included guys that are rated higher than the what Lions. What's that website again? NFL what? NFL Trade Rumors. And, and you might want to just Google NFL Trade Rumors and see what their site is. I don't know if it's actually NFLTradeRumors.com. But, but so I pulled up that site. I took their top 100, and I scrubbed anybody that was rated lower than a Lions player according to lineups. Because you know I like the lineups ratings. I, I, I love the PFF ratings, but I'm just sick of paying for them. Uh, and so when I look at the available free agents, you've got Melvin Ingram on the edge. You've got Carlos Dunlop on the edge. Uh, if you go interior, you've got Akeem Hicks. You've got Ndamukong Su. Uh, and then you've got like Linville Joseph. He's kind of sitting there, the, the defensive tackle spot. Uh, and you've also got some guys like Jason Pierre-Paul and Mario Addison at the edge. Um but the one guy they don't have listed that I think falls into number two that you got to make the call on anyhow and see if he's available is motherfucking TJ, not TJ Watt, motherfucking JJ Watt. Uh, so he was talking about going to Pittsburgh in the offseason to play with his brother because he wanted one more shot at being on a playoff team and he wanted to play with his brother. Okay, it didn't work out. And at the end of the day, he backed off of that because he didn't want to affect T.J. Watt getting his contract extension. But J.J. Watt, big name guy, a little bit long in the tooth, still has potential to play. You know he wants to be on a team that can make a playoff run. I like him for the Lions. He did have a brief stint at Central Michigan once upon a time ago. Uh, but that aside... He's got position flexibility. He can play defensive tackle. He can play defensive end. More importantly, he's a veteran leader, can provide some of that for Hutchinson, help groom him to become that. And I think he could also show other high-caliber, big-name free agents that Detroit is becoming a landing spot for talent. And so if you're going number two, I go J.J. Watt as my first pick. If you can't get him because he's not interested, I think you look at a combination of guys. Maybe you go with Linville Joseph or Akeem Hicks at the defensive tackle spot and pair them with one of these defensive ends. It doesn't matter. Just bring them in, give the guys a little bit more competition, and see what happens. But the third option here is you're looking for a trade, and it's a little bit harder to do at this point in the season. Okay, I looked at lineups. I looked at comparable players to kind of like what Cleveland did last year with Zadarius Smith. And I've only got a handful of names. You've got DJ Reader in Cincinnati. Um, I know they're struggling right now, but I got to believe they're going to get back on track and they're not going to sell a resource when they might be able to make a playoff push. Then you've got Indianapolis with Grover Stewart. It's tough with them, too, because even though they've got a rookie quarterback and a lot of people thought this was going to just be a give-me year, they're, they're, they're playing inspiring football, and so um, they might want to hang on to him. 
But if they don't, they might want to sell him and have some resources to add around Richardson. So you kind of keep him on the list. Then you got Kyle Williams out of Buffalo. Same thing. I don't see Buffalo trading a guy when you know they're squarely in the playoff picture. After that, you got Chase Young in Washington. He's a guy that they could absolutely move, and they have an abundance of talent on that defensive line. The question is, do you want to bring him in when he has never lived up to his potential in Washington? Sometimes a guy needs a change of scenery to get there, light that fire under him and whatever else. It's a risk I'd be willing to take, but you got to ask yourself those kind of questions. And then lastly, you got DJ Jones in Denver. They're struggling so much this year, even though he's kind of a cornerstone piece on that defense, I could see them making a move on him. And so out of those kind of guys, I would say you try Grover Stewart. I think he's the best of the bunch. If you can't get him, you look at DJ Jones or maybe even Chase Young. Uh, but you don't trade anything big. Um, I mean, we're talking at best fourth round or later and, and maybe, you know, like some combination of swapping picks or whatnot. But the problem is I don't think you're going to get a fourth round pick in a trade for Grover Stewart or give up a fourth round pick rather, uh, or for DJ Jones, unless they're really just giving away resources in Denver. Chase Young, you might be able to get that because you saw what the Lions did with Jeff Okuda, him going to Atlanta. You know, they might be willing to do something for a later round pick there. It's just not working. But you got to be confident that it's going to come in and it's going to supersede what you've got going on with your existing players because you don't want to taint that unless you're highly confident that it's going to be good for that team. Uh, and now the last thing I got here, James, and I know our viewers not asking this, but I do believe there's a fourth option, which is you go out and you make that blockbuster trade and you do spend some bigger resources in getting uh, a guy that could be there, not just for this year, but for the future and be a big part of that defense. There's not many options, in my opinion, that really are attractive, if you will, but I would look at Miami. I would look at Christian Wilkins. I think Miami has kind of like shown their hand a little bit by not extending him already, is that he potentially does not fit in that Vic Fangio defense, but he is young. Every year he's gotten better, uh, and lineups right now has him rated at 85, which I think is low in my opinion. He could come in, and you could pair him with Hutchinson, for a long time, a strong interior guy, a strong outside guy, uh, but you would have to give up a big pick for him and big money for him. And so um, those are kind of your options. If I could like break it down without going too deep, and I know I probably already spoke quite a bit on it, but um, my opinion is you kick the tires on J.J. Watt if that doesn't work. You can work out all these available free agents. If you're not seeing anything there, then you go the trade route. But it's complicated. What are you thinking here, James? So I like the the theory of kicking the tires on J.J. Watt. I personally think nothing needs to be done with with You're the going option Detroit number Lions one. I would go option number one. Um, so if you look at at week one for the Lions, they they struggled. Week two, they struggled. Week three and four, they they started getting better. And they're getting 
getting better. I again agree with you that this viewer is not looking for, oh, stand pat. So I have a few names besides JJ Watt that are sitting out there in free agency still. And I think any one of them we could get under the cap. The ones that I didn't, there's two that I didn't, haven't, haven't gotten much depth into, um, which is Carlos Dunlap and Matt Ioannidis. I do like Carlos Dunlap. Um, but you also have Melvin Ingram still sitting out there. Yep. Veteran leader. Uh, veteran leader. Uh, and, and I'm also throwing, I'm on this list, I'm throwing out Gregory and I'm throwing out Chandler Jones because I don't know yeah. what's up with yeah, those. You don't want to bring a bad seat into the locker room. Like, yeah, yeah. we're just going to disqualify them. I'm with you on that. Yeah. So Melvin Ingram, he has 57 sacks over his 11 year career, but there's, there's some time he missed in there. A, a good portion of time that he missed, missed in there he, in 11 years, he's played in a full season, one, two, three, four of those years. And in those four years, he had 10 and a half, eight, 10 and a half and seven sacks. Yeah, and um, I think at this stage of his career, if you bring him in, it's just it's a rotational guy anyhow, right? Yeah, and you're looking at a at a rotate exactly. You're looking at a rotational guy. Okay. Next up, again, you're looking at a rotational guy, Hakeem Hicks. Yeah, he's not going to play many downs, but he will stuff the middle of that defensive line exactly. when he's playing. Exactly. Exactly. One hundred percent. Those were those were. The four that I came came up with, um, I I did kind of throw out there. I looked, well, what about defense defensive front? I think where where the lines may need help, and is to be determined, is at linebacker. Yeah. Um, it's it's to be determined on some of those play plays, but um, one. So, so I looked at, at linebackers available, and I found one that could be, depending on how much, yeah, I, I, I just just thought linebackers today, so, so they're just a few minutes ago, so let me look up sure. something on him. Um, and again, it's, it's linebacker help you're looking for it's not not the guy to be the every an every down linebacker you have and, yeah, and you're trying player, to beef I, up the defense right one player i came up with was anthony Barr. okay who he was he was most recently with the cowboys um and and again it was for depth but um, very familiar with the vikings and the nfc north in general right exactly he he played with the Vikings for what, eight years, and then he was with the Cowboys. And the reason why his tenure with the Cowboys was short was because of the fact that he had a hamstring hamstring injury. But um, so I mean, he he had played missed three games and most of a fourth game um, with with the Cowboys most recently last year. He had um, he had 58 combined combined tackles, 35 solo tackles, 23 assists. And 
He had one sack. He has, in 108 games, he averages about about 30, 112 games. Set, call it about 30, 30 solo tackles a season. Okay. No. Yeah, yeah that, that 30 seems solo low. tackles. Math's not right. Hold on. Yeah, for a linebacker, it's got to be higher than that. 30, but let me rephrase that. 30 solo tackles a game. No. No, no, that, that, no right. that is right. That'd be way high. I was right the first time. That is That does seem low. It's five interceptions, um, nine, eight forced fumbles, nine fumble recoveries in his career. It's decent. Most of it happened in the early, but, but I think it's it's just the guy. Again, he's a veteran. He knows the he knows the North. He knows, oh, yeah. He knows the Vikings. He knows knows the Packers and and just it's more. I'm looking more at a leadership not a, not necessarily like to be the team leader but but the veteran experience that can help the younger guys develop yeah not looking you got for somebody Jack Campbell that's make a you got fix. Rodrigo you know like yeah. give them some help man yeah you're not looking at somebody that's gonna gonna fix you're looking at somebody that's gonna be depth and and um and help help these younger guys along like like Hakeem Hicks, Melvin Ingram could help the defensive, the younger guys in the defensive line, like Hutchins, Hutch, and and then and Barr could help help the linebackers just just on being a pro and what to, what they're looking for, and especially with the knowledge of the NFC North, I think Barr could be a good fit. And these are all guys at this point in their career, they're not going to get that exorbitant salary that's going to no. eat up eat up all that cap space that we have. Plus, the cap is fake. Like we could rework. Goffs. Yeah, anybody's deal if we want. And fuck yeah. us over four years yeah. from now. Yeah. Yeah, turn Hutchinson's void deal seasons. into 100% signing. Turn Hutchinson's deal into a 100% signing bonus and extend six years. Whatever. Yeah. Like, the cap's fake, and it doesn't matter. <laughs> all right. So, yeah, those are all the options. Kind of pick your poison. Uh, you know, if I'm GM, I'm calling JJ Watt first and I'm going to see if I can get him because yeah. you don't have to give up any picks to do that. Um, and if I can't get him, I'm kicking the tires on those free agents before I go and make a trade. Uh, but I'm going to be cautious about integrating them into the team because like you're saying, option one is really not that bad when the team looks like they might be making traction on that defensive mm-hmm. line. Although I will say weeks one and two, they did play very good defensive lines. And so it's like, you know, how much of that offensive is just, line. you know, the, the disparity of talent. And so, uh, but yeah, so those are the options and, um, you know, and I really hate the Adamic and Sue option. I, I, we talked about it. Would you kick the tires on him? But like a number of weeks ago, and I don't think he, adding him is that player that's going to put them over the top. So it's not no. worthwhile because he could damage that locker room a lot. And I don't want Ndamukong and Sue teaching the young guys how to play, how to, how to manage a Yeah. How to turn on and career. off your motor when you feel like it. Yeah. And how to, how to have, have good Stop years. On only, a freaking Packer player. If you feel like yeah. it. Or have only have good years when it's a contract year. So you get paid yeah. the next season. No, it's tough. I, I like Sue as a player. Um, I, I don't like him in terms of his inconsistency and all the things that you're saying, but he did have, 
you know, immense potential. And I still think at this stage of his career, he can have value, but it's not the right fit for our team. So Yeah. I, I never really liked Sue as a player. I thought he had potential, but I thought he was way overdrafted and he was way overrated coming out of college. I gotcha. All right. Well, hey, that's our question of the week. And uh, yeah, for anybody who's still watching and whatnot, you know, give us some feedback if you liked it or didn't, or if you have some more questions or whatever the case may be. But um, yeah, in terms of uh, the show for tonight, James, that's that's pretty much all I've got, man. What else do you uh, what else you want to cover, man? Are you good? Uh, I'm good. I think we've been going for two hours and I think I hit everything that I have in my head for this week for, for NFL. All right. Well, hey, anybody who's watching, we hope you like the show. If you haven't already hit that subscribe button, hit us up with a like, some comments, play name that stadium, all that jazz. Uh, James, like always, man, it was fun. I'll catch you later, buddy. All right. Sounds good. Gridiron grinder. Hut, hut, hike.